Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you. It's 1235 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Um... Again, uh, Brendan Escott uh, will be out for the next couple days. Special thanks for uh, Sarah Fox for pulling a little bit of uh, double duty today. Uh, Kellen Kennedy, who uh, works on Reed Wilkins' show at night, works on a Oilers game broadcast as well. We'll slide in uh, back at the 630 Chad Studios at 1 o'clock today. Our Oilers Now headliner is brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And we are pleased to be joined by the former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning, started Octagon's player agency, now with the NHL Network, uh, on uh, what was a little bit of a difficult day for him. So we appreciate him making uh, some time time for us we welcome back to the show brian lawton hi brian how you doing i'm doing well bob how are you good uh celebration of life today is that what took place absolute celebration of life uh former mentor for me and many other young hockey players uh, that coached me in high school hockey passed away bill belisle 92 years old it was one of the best funerals most uplifting funerals i've ever been to he had an incredible life we celebrated it today, and it was very, very moving. Yeah, you know, uh, sometimes it's about a little bit of perspective. You know, you can get caught in the day-to-day minutia and, and get dragged down. And, uh, you know, it's funny. You, you, you work for a club, and, uh, you know, I want to see the orders win. Like, I'm, I'm not really that much different from the fans. And there might be some others out there that uh, see themselves as more neutral and say, well, I'm a journalist. I don't give a crap if the team wins. Well, I got news for you. I care whether or not the orders win. I, I want to see the fans in the city ha- uh, happy, and I want to see uh, Daryl Cates, the owner, happy, and Bob Nicholson and Ken Holland and Dave Tippett and the staff happy. And uh, when you're 16 and 5 and everything's going good, People are happy, and uh, people get credit. And when you go in a two ten and two funk, uh, you know, then the then there's criticism that goes around, and, and it, it comes in territory. But it's never lost to me, Brian, at any point that I still get to go to the rink every day and work in the toy department of life. That there's real issues that many of our listeners are dealing with right now. Um, and then you've got the family personal stuff. You've got guys listening right now that have got sick kids. Other people have sick parents. And we're talking about hockey. We're talking about hockey. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. And it is just a matter of perspective. The sky may be falling for Edmonton fans and feel like that in the city at times. Uh, but without perspective, it's really easy to lose your way. Uh, I, I shared stories with, you know, so my closest friends in life for a few hours today about a man that didn't grow up very wealthy, was never really wealthy, and yet he had an incredibly rich life. Uh, that says a lot about who he was as a person. 
and it says a lot about how many people he influenced in a positive way. And honestly, I left there thanking his family for their father. Awesome. Um, and that type of perspective and humility is really important in life. Doesn't mean we're not going to dissect everything about the Oilers on this show, though. Right, and that's where we're going to go next. So <laughs> this team's only played one game in the last, uh, well, I, I guess almost two weeks now. And, Brian, it, it was against Ottawa, and they didn't need to have happen what happened. They had a 3-1 lead. You're playing a 30th-place team in the league. You're heading to the third period. Uh, you got your goaltender. You know, it's funny. A year a year ago at this time, I would have said, you know, maybe a B-grade prospect. I'd now grade him to an A-minus prospect. He's got a chance to be a, a good NHL goalie, but he's playing his 12th NHL game. His team went through a COVID scare Wednesday in Bakersfield. They all got retested like three times just to get him here. He had a tough... Uh, he had a, a, a tough third period. He's still a really good prospect. Uh, he got crapped on by a few people out there, but most of the fans listening to the show stuck up for Stuart Skinner. But it doesn't ease the pain of the fact that the team's now 2-10-2, Brian, in the last 14 games. No, that's true. He is a good prospect. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of pressure, obviously, on who's ever playing goal right now for the Edmonton Oilers. They haven't got great play that makes it even more intensified um, but it doesn't take away the perspective particularly for Skinner of where he's at in his career and this has been by and large a very very successful year for him up until this point now there's still a lot of hockey to be played still a lot of growth to go on for him um, and you can't lose sight of that you know one game is one game counts as one loss no matter whether you're winning 3-1 in the third or not it's it's one loss you got to have a short memory and you got to move on now they're piling up in edmonton and that's causing a lot of angst but uh you're looking for an result that hopefully the edmonton oilers somehow emerge from this stronger than where they were yeah well and that's you know right now there's the funny thing is uh you know for 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 the fans they want to see some solutions coming from management or potentially from coaching. Uh, and that's not always easy. You can't exactly force trades, but you've also, you know, you've got to sort of scan the waiver wire and people say, well, if you're taking players from other teams, that must mean that those guys aren't good enough. I don't always agree with that, Brian. I think one man's junk is another man's treasure on the waiver wire. But as a former general manager, uh, and you had some tough miles in Tampa because you basically orchestrated a bit of the rebuild that started the genesis of what's now one of the best teams in the NHL, the two-time reigning Stanley Cup champs. There are two biggest pieces you drafted in back-to-back -back years. How challenging is it when you are in that position and you want to make changes to the club but you just can't go out to make it. Can you make a trade for the sake of making a trade to spark something? Not in today's world, you can't. You used to be able to do that just to sometimes snap people up to attention, but it's so difficult in today's world. And I did go through it in Tampa, and it was, there's no words that I could say on this program to express how frustrated you get, particularly as a manager, because turning a hockey team in the direction that you want it to go is like turning the Titanic around. It takes forever. It's so slow moving. It's very cerebral. Uh, it, it's, it's a tough situation. Ken Holland, you know, 
it's not lost on him what he needs to do where they're at. And yet it's a different era than it used to be where you could go out without a salary cap if you had a, a great owner. And I think the owners have the Oilers have a great owner and buy whatever you need to fix the solutions. You could find it. It was fungible. Not the case anymore. Absolutely not the case. I mean, I look at the situation in goal and it was interesting because I, I, I if you're a player, you don't want to pin it on one thing because that's part of being a team. I think we all know challenges often start in goal. There's been a lot of good coaches in this league lose their job because goalies have gone in tough runs. When the Oilers were 16-5, and five, Brian, their save percentage, was their, all three goalies were above 914, 210-2, all three goaltenders below 882. That's a tough stretch. Would you contemplate, I'm just going to throw out a scenario. So Scott Harrington, represented by Jeff Jackson, he's down on the minors right now in Columbus's organization making $1.6 million. They got Corpusello, who's had a tough year. He's $2.8 million. Would you contemplate, and it's not like Corpusello's had a great season. Koskinen's actually had the better numbers. Would you f- move, make a move for the sake of making a move if you could make the math work? It's really hard to do that in today's world. you you got to feel good about what you're doing. And I think that Ken Holland is a veteran general manager that knows and recognizes that. And I think he's going to be incredibly methodical about doing that. I would say some of the younger general managers might do it just for the benefit of the reaction you could potentially get. But I don't see Ken Holland doing that. He's going to look for some, if something comes across his desk, if he uncovers a rock where there's value underneath it, he's going to jump on it. But it's different than it used to be. Those opportunities are fewer and harder to come by. Salary cap restricts you in ways that are unexplainable to fans. Um, you know, assets in terms of draft picks, and young players are more valuable than ever in a salary cap world. There's just a lot to unpack before you act. I know everybody's screaming for Edmonton to go out and get a goaltender. I believe they will. I couldn't tell you when, but between now and the trade deadline, I absolutely believe they will make a move. Hmm. I also believe when they do it, it's a move that Ken Holland and his staff are going to feel good about, not just a move to make a move now because we're going through a horrendous stretch. We're joined by Brian Lott, former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He started Octagon's hockey agency side. That's where we're going to go next. Bill Zito comes into town. Uh, they're going to practice today at 2 o'clock. He's, uh, uh, you know, was in the agency business for a while, but perhaps a better example uh, lateral to what you did is what's taking place in Montreal with Kent Hughes, who was with Cortex for a number of years. Anton Thun, who uh, uh, is the primary point man on the Darnell Nurse nego- negotiations, is with that firm. What did you think of the uh, a guy that you worked with? You worked with Jeff Gordon on the NHL Network, Brian. What did you think of Jeff Gordon going down that path with Hughes? Uh, my honest answer is I always thought he was going to hire Ken Hughes back home. Uh, they both had children that play. They were friends. Um, I think it allowed Jeff to essentially remain the de facto general manager 
and bring somebody in that maybe is going to focus more on the business side of things. I don't think I haven't read a lot about it yet because I'm curious to see what people say, but that's what my thoughts are. I felt that the second I heard Kent's name, I was like, Jeff's going to 100% hire Kent. Now, that's just my opinion. You'd never hear that anywhere else. They went through the process. They interviewed a lot of guys. They were strong. They were impressive. I get all that. But my gut feeling, if you woke me up in the middle of the night and said, who's it going to be? I would have said Ken Hughes. Well, your gut feeling also, who was it going to be to coach the Evans Oilers? You said Dave Tippett. So you've obviously got a decent gut feel on these. What happens on the agency side of the business when Ken steps away from Cortex in that scenario? Well, obviously I did that when I left Octagon. Um, and I didn't leave to go right to a GM job. I actually left at the end of a year and started in June. I wanted to have a little separation from it. And to be honest with you, there's business that the agent, Ken Hughes in this case, needs to wrap up with his firm. I also purchased the firm from the interim general manager of the Anaheim Ducks. Of course, that's Jeff Solomon right now when I was running Octagon. So I know both sides of what goes on there, having done it and having purchased it from someone else. And, you know, you want to try to figure out, for Kent, he's got to figure out if he's just leaving and there's no more payments. I know that I was paid some money when I left, but I also wasn't going to a job. But those are things you work out behind closed doors. In Kent's case, that may or may not be the situation. I don't know that. But he had a lot of really nice clients. As you can see with his client list, I negotiated against uh, Kent on Vinny LeCavier's contract, although I didn't really negotiate that. It was done before I got there. But in any event, I papered that contract. So I like Kent. I think he'll do a good job. I think he's a very smart guy. I think Jeff Gordon uh, is a very smart guy also. He's got this where it's really fantastic for his skill set. He doesn't necessarily have to be out in front of the media, and he can continue to be super involved in the hockey operations where he's really good. All right. So now I'm going to ask you the $10.5 million question. Carey Price. Unlikely to play, I mean, anytime soon this year. We know that. They're, he's basically back to ground zero. It, do you envision Jeff Gordon? There obviously, you know, there, there's a possibility that Petrie's going to be out of there. I think his family's currently down in Michigan because of how restrictive things are in Montreal. Uh, you know, Jerry Johansson out of Edmonton has both Carey Price and Brendan Gallagher. Brendan Gallagher is a, a guy a lot of teams would like. He's got a big ticket, but he's a guy a lot of teams would like. And then there's Carey Price. Could you foresee a scenario where the Canadians retain significant dollars to get more uh, younger assets as they transition and potentially rebuild the team? Or do you think they'll do um, a quick reload? What do you think is going to occur in Montreal? In my opinion... It's not Jeff's or the Montreal Canadiens. I believe that it'll be more of a rebuild than a retool. I say that for a few reasons. A lot of it has to do with the people that are in charge. I do believe it's easier to retool in today's world than it used to be. It's absolutely not as sure to rebuild as it used to be just by virtue of the math for the draft. 
everybody knows that or should understand that. The math changed dramatically. We had two top picks, Stamkos and Hedman, when I was there. But there was also certainty as to where we would be picking. A lot of certainty by yes. the math. <laughs> Not the case now. Uh, but I still think they're going to go that route. And what does that mean? It doesn't mean you can't do it. Everybody knows that Kale McCarr went fourth overall. Merrill Heiskanen went third. So you don't necessarily have to pick first or second. But it does make things a lot more, <laughs> a lot easier, let's put it that way. But I think that's the route they'll go because of where they're at. I think guys like Carey Price, when you ask me, you know, what happens with Carey Price, will they trade him? My first reaction is Kobayashi Maru. For all the Star Trek fans out there, they know that means a no-win scenario. What does that mean for the club? It means it's going to be a while if you make the determination to go in another direction to unwind out of that contract. And that generally entails having to pay a portion of it or a large portion of it. And in my opinion, not getting full value for a player that's been as great as Carey Price. But the timing is off on where he's at in his life for them to expect to really maximize the return on a guy like him. So there's going to be a lot of challenges there. I think there's a reason why those guys signed five-year contracts. Um, but I think those guys will do a good job. I think Jeff Gordon is very smart, had a chance to work with him firsthand, and uh, he'll figure it out. They're just going to need some patience in Montreal. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, former GM of Tampa Bay, longtime NHL agent. So what is the asset required if the there's four years left in Price's deal after this year? As long as you knew that he was good to uh, start next season and play, he was good to go because he's had some knee issues in the past. He's, he's where he needs to be from a, uh, you know, mental perspective because we're always, you know, we're always considering that these days. If you knew that you were going to get Carey Price and you were prepared to eat half over four years, how significant would the asset request have to be from the Canadians organization to potential suitors? Okay, well, first off, no one is going to know that. I could certainly theorize if you were healthy, but I don't think that's necessarily what the fans want to hear. Okay. The reality is, or the question is, in my opinion, I get to do this on your show, right? I can change the question when you ask me? Yes, uh, that's a sign of a very <laughs> skilled uh, respondent. <laughs> no, I'm trying to be 100% truthful. I love doing this show. You know I always am. Yeah. Most teams are going to reason that there is risk and concern in Carey Price now. Okay. And because of that, I think Montreal is going to struggle to get fair value. If they get a first-round pick and anything else, that would be a windfall for them, in my opinion. But the team that's going to pick them up is still going to pay a significant amount, capped at over $5 million, And they're going to have a lot of risk as to whether or not Kerry's going to get back to being Kerry Price and can deliver the way you need. If it works out, then you're going to be a hero. If it doesn't, you better have a lot of cap space. Now, most likely... If it doesn't work out, Terry's not healthy, and he probably ends up on LTI long-term, to which, like Shea Weber, that in itself won't derail your team. It's not a good thing to give up an asset, though, and have to essentially put a player on LTI so you can replace them. So I think it's going to be a challenge for them, as great as Terry Price has been. 
Um, I really think it is. Yeah, it's not going to be an easy one for him, in my opinion. All I can think back to is just the contrast, Brian, and this, the final little point here, and we're going to circle back to goaltending just in the final minute, but... You know, when Edmonton lost to Winnipeg, there was, well, you know, the Edmonton, their top two guys, you know, and, and not everybody was saying that. A lot of people recognized, you know what, the, the, I mean, they were down to nine forwards and four defensemen in the triple overtime game, but this group can't do it. And they ran into a goaltender that had a 950 save percentage. And yet, if you, if you were a supporter of Kyle Dubas in Toronto, you'd say, well, Carey Price put up a 945 in the final three games of the series against the Leafs, and that's why Toronto lost. And if you were a hater of Kyle Dubas and sort of the analytics-driven side, you'd say, well, they weren't tough enough and they weren't physical and they, their top-end guys didn't deliver and they're not mental and all those. And, and somewhere in the middle lies the truth. But I just look at Carey Price in the last two years in the playoffs. Beat Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh didn't play great in that series, but he beat Pittsburgh. And then the next year, you know, got past the Leafs from 3-1 down and took the Canadians to Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final, past the uh, Jets and the Vegas Golden Knights. Like, that, if I'm looking at Carey Price, that's the upside that I see in the goaltender. That's exactly who you're looking for. Someone's going to focus on that if you're Jeff Gordon. Father time is working against him. The contract is working against him. But it only takes one, Bob. And if there's one team out there, that has that need, feels that he's the piece to put them over the top, then they'll get a deal done, and they'll do it rather quickly. But I think even if there is right now, there's so many other potential options to explore. It's not going to be easy for Montreal. All right, awesome stuff. Brian, uh, thank you for joining us on, uh, on a special day for you, and we'll hook up next Wednesday, okay? My pleasure, Bob. Thank you. From the NHL Network, former general manager, Tampa Bay Lightning. You heard him. He drafted Steven Stankos and Victor Hedman. Agent for Octagon, the agency that represents Edmonton's Leon Dreisettle and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Saw Rick Vallette here in town on the weekend. Uh, Brian's our Oilers now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. We'll tell you that some guests and Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night of the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. And we'll, while we have time, we're going to get into the Oilers now injury report. Um... Uh, the Orders Now Injury Report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, big-time banger, back when he played in the CFL for the then-named Edmonton S, the double-A football team. And... Uh, Today, Brendan Perlini not on the ice, might be available for tomorrow's game. He was uh, the two previous days practicing on the line with Connor McDavid and Connor Yamamoto. Kyle Turris returned to practice. William Lagason has cleared waivers um, and will remain on the taxi squad up with the Oilers on the time being. Chris Russell appears to be good to go to play in a pairing tomorrow with uh, Evan Bouchard. Uh, we are headed down the path of a start for Miko Koskinen against the Florida Panthers. We'll go off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. You're listening to Oilers Now, live from Rogers Place. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.